everybody. It's good to be gathered together in the house of the Lord this morning, and it's good to see you all. It's great to be part of this family of faith, and God has given us a beautiful day to be gathered together. Let's open our service with some prayer. Father, we thank you for your love and your kindness. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered together and to worship you. Father, we pray that your spirit would be here amongst us, that he would lead our worship, that he would stir our hearts, and Father, that he would draw us closer to you. Bless us all, we pray, and may you be glorified in this time of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. The call to worship this morning is a responsive reading of Psalm 8. Uh, you'll read the part in yellow. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. First hymn this morning is number 224 in your hymnals. We have come into his house. Please stand and sing. Put all of this on he and his friend Al at uh, no charge to the men. 
And coming up on August 19th, we're going to have a special Deer Creek Day, but uh, for those men who are not going to Deer Creek, there's a corn roast as well. Sorry, ladies, you're out of luck. <laughs> this week we'll continue on on Thursday morning at 10 o'clock with our study on the letter to the Philippians, and all are encouraged to attend. We are continuing to give towards sending kids to Camp Oneida, and our total so far is $630 that has come in. So that's great. And so let's give ourselves a round of applause there. We are very close to the goal of sending two kids, but we have both May and June that we're doing this as our mission. So we uh, are appreciative, of, of course, on behalf of Camp Oneida for all the funds that have come in to do that. And what a great opportunity for them to hear about Jesus. Some other dates that we have coming up, we've all heard what was going to happen on June 11th. We talked about having a car rally. Didn't have a lot of people signing up for it. So instead, we're going to have a picnic with campfire and summer games. And so there's a sign-up form at the back for bringing uh, different food items. And also, we want you to bring your yard games as well. And so bring those. If anyone has old-school lawn darts with the metal tips, that will really make my day. I'm not going to tell you why until you bring them. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we're going to have a lot of fun after church on June 11th for that. Also, you may have heard the great news. Strawberry Social is back, and that's going to be Tuesday, June 20th. And uh, the prices we have up there, it's also $10. All you can eat strawberries, and so that alone is a beautiful thing. And so it'll be a great day. Summer is coordinating this, and she's here today. And you can ask her if you have any questions. I think it would be good for us as well to let Summer know how many people are coming so they have an idea for ordering strawberries and food. And uh, Summer, is there anything that else that I should be adding to this that you can think of at this point? berries ready for the strawberry social later that day so that's good thank you summer and uh, her contact is here it's also available on facebook or you can contact me if you need uh, summer's other details for getting a hold of her so come out bring your friends uh, let's make it a great evening and a fun time for everybody we had a great book club meeting on saturday morning and that was really good, good discussion, good time, and so decided to do another book. And this book is called The Stranger in the Lifeboat. It's a novel, it's going to be a slightly different type of book. And so if you would like to take part in this, then just speak to Summer as well, and she can help you get that book. She's going to be placing an order, and so just speak to her directly about that, if you'd like to be part of it. And uh, our discussion date we're looking at is Saturday, June 24th in the morning. Also have another fun event coming up on August 19th. It's going to be our Deer Creek Day. Now this is a Saturday, and you are encouraged to come and see why Beth and I love Deer Creek so much. Um, it's a lot of fun there. There is swimming available. Uh, our, some of us will have our kayaks. You can rent <coughs> canoes there. You can do fishing. Uh, you can do whatever you'd like. It's just a lovely place to hang out. And so that is on Saturday, August 19th. 
Sunday, August 27th is going to be a fellowship Sunday as I will be away. And so this is a vacation theme, a travel theme. And so remember to please get your pictures to Serena, especially if they're in digital format. You can email them. You can give them to her on a flash drive, a little memory stick, and that would be great too. Are there any other announcements that I haven't mentioned? Oh, you think I should point out that we have guests, Beth? Okay. They, the guests don't want to be pointed out, so. So I won't point out that Kevin and Scar are here with us today. And how lovely it is and how I made my day to see them come. It's funny how an introvert did that to you, eh? <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we continue to serve God and worship Him through the giving of our tithes and offerings. And you can give them either on the place in the back of the church or through e-transfer at GoshenBaptistChurch9 at gmail.com. And this is an act of sacrifice and worship that God calls us to. And it is part of our service. And so let's take a moment and thank God for all of the gifts and offerings that have been given. Father, we thank you for your kindness to us. We thank you for your provision for us. And we thank you that we can be partners in building your kingdom. And Father, one way we do this is through the giving of our tithes and offerings. So we ask that you would take them, Father, that you would bless them, you would multiply them, and you would help your kingdom to grow. Father, we pray that we would be good stewards of all that you have granted to us. For it all truly is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Next hymn is number 597. Take my life and let it be consecrated. Please stand and sing.
super grateful. It could have been a, a lot worse. Uh, but certainly Bailey uh, would appreciate our prayers for her healing too. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, also Phil mentioned uh, his neighbor, uh, Steve Ameren's son, Josiah. And so uh, Steve had posted on Facebook about Josiah. They're not sure what's going on with him. Uh, they have a possibility of something that they found online. And so they're seeing a specialist about this one condition, but Josiah is very weak, and so still needs our prayers as well. And, uh, yeah. and of course, it is good to have uh, right reverends come in and like Charles today. <laughs> I did ask Kevin if he was here to preach today, because I would step aside for, you know, seniority and all of that. <laughs> and as an introvert, he does not appreciate any of this. <laughs> But it has made my day to have you guys here. Thank you for joining us. And it's great to see all of you here, too. God has blessed us in so many ways, hasn't he? Uh, blessed us with this church family that we can be part of, connected with one another. And um, there's needs around us, right? needs in our world, needs of these people that we have on our list. So let's go to the Lord and pray. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. And we are grateful for this family of faith that you have drawn together. We are grateful for friends. We are grateful for your spirit that unites us. Father, we are grateful for the way that you watched over Bailey and her family and protected them from it being any worse. Father, we pray for her healing. I also just pray for her and Rachel from the, the trauma of that moment. Give me your peace with them. Father, we continue to lift up Josiah. Josiah Amaran. And we pray, Father, that his family would get some answers, that you would be with them, you would guide them. Father, that you would heal him. Father, we continue to praise you as well for the way that you have worked. We thank you for this wheelchair for Alice June, and we pray that you would find a suitable place for her to be. Father, we pray for all those who need healing in various ways. Father, some it's, it's physical. Some they may need spiritual healing. Some may need mental healing. Father, we know that you are the great physician and you can heal. And so we pray for their healing. Father, for those who are on our screen. Father, for those who are in our hearts. Today we also praise you for the many blessings you surround us with. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for your incredible love. And we thank you for the opportunity to worship you in this place. Father, would you bind our hearts together? Would you open our ears and our minds and our hearts to hear what you have to say to us today? Father, may we grow in love of you. And we ask all this in Jesus.
hymn number 390 in your hymnals. Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. Scripture reading this morning is Matthew 22, verses 41 to 46. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions.
looking for them to sort of set them free or up or for readers. The first week, I had somebody doing that, and then the next week, I actually thought I would volunteer. The week after that, I'd forgotten, and so uh, somebody in the congregation just read it from where they were sitting. That was kind of neat. And today, we all read the scripture in unison over it. This is our last week of the series of Mic Drops, and today I want to talk about the idea of what do you think? What do you think? Of course, we need to remember that Mic Drops, the idea of a Mic Drop is when somebody speaks with authority, they speak with finality, and they speak with irrefutability. They say something, and then boom, that's it. End of discussion. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever needed saving? Have you ever needed saving? Has, has there ever come to a point in your life where somebody had to save you? When I was a little kid, uh, I was at my next-door neighbor's school, in my next-door neighbor's school. I had been swimming around with adult clippers, and so they were way too big for me. And I came up into the shallow end, and I tried to stand up, but my feet, instead of being like this, were kind of like this. And so the clippers were keeping me down there, keeping me from being able to lift my head above water. And of course, as soon as something goes wrong, mine goes into panic, it locks tight, I can't think straight, I couldn't think of lifting my feet, I couldn't think of rolling over, all I could think of was I can't lift my head out of the water. And I was in full panic mode. I couldn't save myself. And so my neighbor's father jumped into the pool, closed cigarette and everything, and then grabbed me and hauled me up, and he saved me. Have you ever needed to be saved? We're carrying on in our walk through the Gospel of Matthew, and week after week we are hearing the Word of God being read aloud to us. Over the past few weeks in this Micah series, it's been the Jewish people that have come to Jesus with their questions and their things to stump him, but this time it's Jesus who says something to them. He says, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. And then Jesus in turn says, if then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son, Micah? And all of us are kind of going, wait, what? Why is that a mic drop? I don't get it. Why, what does that mean? Why is that significant? There's one thing I want you to leave with today is to remember this. What you think shapes how you respond. What you think shapes how you respond. We live in a world today where there's so much information all around us, right? We, we have information at our fingertips, on our phones, on our computers, newspapers, television. Never before have we lived in a society with so much information coming at us from all over the place. And the challenge we have is knowing what's true and what's not true, what's real and what's not real. There was a funny little meme that was going around on Facebook. I should have put it up into this PowerPoint. It's uh, kind of funny. It's kind of a little bit sad. But anyways, it's a picture of King Charles, and he's standing there in his jacket, like a suit jacket, but it's missed buttons. You know, the one side is hanging lower than the other. And the caption is something to the effect of, 
Um, why do you dress yourself after your mother's no longer there to do it for you? <laughs> now, this picture was very likely photoshopped, right? You know, you know what Photoshop means, is you take a picture and you edit it, but it's done so seamlessly that it looks like the real thing. Right? They can be amazingly well done. And maybe you've heard about deep fakes now as well. Where deep fakes are where they can take a sound bite and they can make it look and sound like you said something completely different. And the ability for them to get false information out is at an all-time high. One of my favorite pictures on the internet is completely bizarre. You might have a strange sense of humor. There's a shark jumping out of the water, and there's, uh, I think it's a lizard on the back of it, and the lizard's holding a bazooka. And uh, the, the image below it says, seems legit, seems legit. But it's done so cleanly that it looks real, but of course, as soon as you see it, you laugh and go, well, that's not real. How do we know it's real? Do you remember as a kid, losing teeth? What happened when you lost a tooth as a kid? What did you do with it? Why, why did you put your tooth under your pillow? So the tooth fairy would come along and would give you money. That's pretty cool. That was a wonderful thing as a child. Now you look around. Right, spoiler alert. Just in case this is big news for anyone, that the tooth fairy is not real. I'm sorry if this completely devastated you, ruined your day, and the tooth fairy is not real. I know that some of you probably wish the tooth fairy was real because there are ways for you. You can just pull out a tooth and say, "Man, I can get some extra money this week." <laughs> what we think shapes how we react, right? When we're kids, and a tooth comes out, we stick it under our pillow because we think the tooth fairy is going to come give us money, and life is good. The question that Jesus starts with is, what do you think about the Messiah? And today I want to ask you that question. I realize that's only part of Jesus' question. But what do you think about the Messiah will shape how you react to him? What do you think about shapes how you react? And you might have some questions, because there are some weird words that we throw around in the church that maybe we have an idea what they're about, but we really don't know Exactly what it means. So the word Messiah, let's start there. The word Messiah is a Hebrew word. And you might have heard, heard of the word Christ as well. Sometimes we use the word Christ. That's simply the Greek version. Christos is the Greek word. We get Christ out of that. It means the same thing. <laughs> You're like, and what does that mean? Well, it means anointed one. I'm glad you asked. So anointed one is what it means. Someone who is anointed. Maybe that's not any more helpful. What's anointing? Well, if we turn to Exodus 29.7, we see that the process of anointing works this way. Take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it on his head. Alright, we're getting a little bit closer. We know that how to anoint someone. Take some oil and then pour on his head. Well, who is it? Who gets anointed and why? What's it all about? Well, first of all, priests were anointed. Those who served in the tabernacle, the tent of God, and later the temple, they were anointed. 
all the time. We sing holy, holy, holy. We have a rough idea of what it means. Let's dive into it. Holy means sacred and set apart for God's purposes. This is what it means for something to be holy. Let's turn to Exodus 30 and see about some anointing that happened in this tabernacle. Exodus 30, we're going to be looking at verses 22 to 30. If you're looking for Exodus, it's the second book in the Bible. I may not know where everything is, but that one is the word. Exodus 30, 30, verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the following fine spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much, that is 250 shekels, of fragrant cinnamon, 250 shekels of fragrant cane, 500 shekels of casket, all according to the sanctuary shekel, and a hint of olive oil. Make these into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend of the work of a perfume. It will be used, excuse me, it will be the sacred anointing oil. Okay, so we know how this oil is now made. Here's what they did with it. Then God instructed Moses, then use it to anoint the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, the ark of the testimony, the table and all its articles, the lampstand and its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils, and the basin with its stand. You shall consecrate them so they will be most holy. And whatever touches them will be holy. The tabernacle and all of its things were anointed. The priests were anointed to be made holy. So first of all, we know the priests were anointed. Also, kings were anointed. First Samuel 9.16 Get up to this point, the Israelite people had been led by judges and had been led by prophets. But they decided, we want a king like the people around us. And so Samuel begrudgingly went and did as God called him to and anointed King Saul. Here's what it says, anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. And so he took oil and he anointed him. And then later, unfortunately with Saul, he got led astray from worshiping God properly. And so then Samuel was called to anoint King David. And you find this in 1 Samuel 16, 13. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Anointing also signifies God's choice. Priests were anointed. Kings were anointed, and prophets were also anointed. Elijah was instructed by God to anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Mahola to succeed you as prophet. And so he took oil and he anointed this other man as a prophet. Anointing signifies God's endorsement. See, the Lord's anointed were prophets. They were priests, and they were kings. This was who God sought to be anointed. 
Sin is what we've hidden from. 
problems that you have in your life. Like you need saving from. And they're real. Sometimes the things that we need saving from are within us. Sometimes the things you need saving from are within others. And sometimes it's just in society. Remember last week I talked about loving your neighbor, but what if your neighbor is a jerk? Try and do it on our own terms. We're going to fail. We're going to lift our hands to our face and, and struggle. And so we wonder how, what we do. We can't save ourselves. But this isn't all of Jesus' question, was it? He said, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they said, the son of David. And we're kind of wondering, well, why does that matter? Where does it even come from? Well, let's take a look and find out where it comes from. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 to 16. This is how the Pharisees are going to answer that day. Turn with me, if you will. 2 Samuel chapter 7, starting at verse 12. This is God speaking to David. And there's a prophecy in his words. Holy human Messiah. 
is that humanity cannot fix what's broken. We cannot fix what is broken in us. And it doesn't matter how good a government is, it's not going to be able to bring us back to Eden, to that kind of utopia. It's not going to bring us back to paradise. And the same for any institution or program or teaching or leaders or rules, no matter how good they are. Even the Torah, the, the word of God that was instructed, did not bring everything back into perfect harmony. These cannot fix our deepest problems. We all need saving. We cannot fix ourselves. Like all of us are little kids with adult flippers on backwards, right? Stuck in some way, shape, or form. And we need a Messiah, we need a Savior that is better than us. As a matter of fact, we need a Messiah that is different than us. We need one that is good enough to be able to grab us out of our circumstance and call us out and restore things the way they're meant to be. What you think shapes how you respond. And the Pharisees in that day, they thought the Messiah would be fully human. And maybe in this world today, there are people and you've encountered that still think about Jesus this way. They think, oh, he's a good guy, right? You know, he's, he's like a really nice person and did a lot of nice things for people. Or maybe that he was a tremendous teacher. I really like what he had to say, and I'm, I'm going to live by that. I'm going to put my best effort into becoming like him. They might even see that he was a powerful prophet. Look at all the amazing things that he did. All we get is Jesus is only fully human, and we're still stuck in that pattern of trying to work out our problems on our own. It's good news. And the good news is that God always had a better plan. You see, the Messiah was the son of David, but also so much more. So let's go back to that passage. Jesus was uh, quoting Psalm 110. And it says, the Lord says to my Lord, and whenever we see Lord in the, these kind of letters like that, in the NIV, it means God's proper name, Yahweh. So God says to my Lord, and you might have a footnote as well, if it says Lord like this, and they also footnote uh, Lord like that. It means God. God says to
The anointed ones were prophets and priests and kings, and Jesus was all three, prophet, priest, and king. This is who Jesus was. This is who Jesus is. The Messiah is somebody that is holy, that is chosen by God, that is blessed, and that has come to bring salvation.
Is he merely the son of David, or is he so much more? Is he the son of God? And if he is the son of God, and you believe that, then go and live like you believe it. Go and share the good news with all who suffer, who are trying to fix themselves, and let them know there's a Messiah who can help them, who can set them free. And go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.